It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition. Justin Ferguson coming to you from an undisclosed location south of Knoxville, Tennessee. Painter Sharpless and Parts Unknown. Hello, Painter. You could dox yourself and be pretty safe on this one. Yeah, um, there's a big shopping center like south of Knoxville, um, if you've ever been up here. Uh, it's one of the few places in the world where I've ever seen a Walmart and a Target next to each other. Usually, I think they they want to stay their separate ways, you know, give each other some some ground. Not they're in the same shopping center here, um, but yeah, just coming to you from a uh, from a Fairfield end, you know, just living the high life here. Uh, we're here to talk Auburn, Tennessee, and look ahead to what's next for Auburn basketball. Tennessee sixty seven, Auburn sixty two. Um, I guess Painter will start with the game itself and then in the broader context because I think the broader context. It's just as important as the game itself on uh, this one because of what happened today or Saturday. You're listening to this on a Sunday probably. What happened on Saturday in college basketball, what happened in the SEC, what that means. Um, so we'll just start, jump right in with the, with the game itself. Auburn loses 67-62 at Tennessee in a game uh, where they shot 35% from the field. There was a almost a 10-minute stretch in the game where they did not hit a shot from the field. Yet, they only lose by five in this one. Jabari Smith does his Jabari Smith stuff, um, especially late. Uh, He scores 27. Katie Johnson scores 18, but that was pretty much it in terms of production for Auburn in this game. Um, Walker Kessler, eight. Alan Flanagan, four. Wendell Green Jr., five in terms of points. Auburn had four players take the floor on Saturday who did not score at all. Um... We've talked about this a number of times this season. Um, it has come up recently in these losses that Auburn has had, especially uh, the Arkansas and the, or especially the Florida one. Some of it was in the Arkansas game as well. But Auburn prides itself on being deep. They pride itself on getting contributions from everybody. And in this game, it was one of the more imbalanced ones we've seen um, all season on the offense, and it kind of just went to everything else. Um, you got to have more. You got to have more than just one or two players. And in this case, it was it was Jabari and KD. But um, Auburn loses a game where Tennessee didn't light it up. They actually shot worse than, Aub- than Auburn did from the field. Auburn played, I thought, excellent defense most of the game uh, when they weren't sending Tennessee to the line. Tennessee had a few big shots late, kind of like the Florida game again. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, we talked about it when Auburn went on their 19 game winning streak. We, we talked about it when their rise to number one painter, like what makes this team awesome is not just the fact that they have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler and some really good guards. It's the fact they have all these options and all these weapons. And when they go to the bench, it's not that much of a drop off. And in this game, that was not the case. There was a clear and obvious drop off offensively from Smith and Johnson and then you just didn't get the same level of play from a lot of other guys that you normally get. I don't know if there's data to back this up, but it does feel like we're watching this team struggle in the same ways. This, yeah, these two, the Florida and the Florida and Tennessee games, I think, are two obvious examples of struggling in the same way. When you talk about balance, when you talk about shooting. I'll give you an example where they were okay. Here's a new example of like, this is not normal. Um, and honestly, the biggest number, probably the thing I should have let off with is Auburn got out rebounded 54 to 31 in this game. 
Tennessee, Tennessee rebounded more of their own misses than Auburn did, which is hyper rare in college basketball. You usually only see that when one team has just got so much more size and power. And I mean, you'll see that in a, in a blowout game. You'll see that in an early season game. You don't see that at the end of the regular season. You don't see that uh, with a team like Auburn, who has Walker Kessler and has Jabari Smith and has some good rebounding guards and wings. Um, and Tennessee's not even that good of an offensive rebounding team either. Bottom half in the SEC in that category in, in conference games this year. Yet, they got chance after chance after chance. In a game that was decided by five, they were plus 11 in second chance points. And it's an anomaly. Tennessee doesn't usually rebound like this. Auburn doesn't even rebound like this. I mean, they were half as effective rebounding on defense in this game than they were in the in the Florida and Arkansas losses. Like, almost exactly half. So that's a new way. That's <laughs> a new aspect of this, and, and it's like the one that's kind of an anomaly. Shoot long, rebound long. Tennessee had some good shots down the stretch. They had some good plays and some big, and some big buckets. But like on the whole, they shot thirty three percent, and they had just as hard a, a, a time hitting shots from the field as Auburn did. Yet when you give a bad shooting team more chances and more chances and more chances, it's going to kill you. We this Tennessee team has had two games this year where they could not score on anybody. Like they Texas and Arkansas, they looked terrible on offense. There were stretches of this game where they looked like they were going to be in that same spot again. But one of the key factors when Tennessee got off to a good start and when they made their comeback in the second half, Auburn was up by eleven at one point in the second half. Second chance points. There were second chance three pointers. There were checking second chance dunks. Um Tennessee didn't necessarily convert every one of their opportunities, and, and they only scored 67 and only hit 20 shots from the field, and they, they got to the free throw line a good bit. Um, but, yeah, this is a new, different way. And it's so strange because Jabari Smith had eight boards in this game and some really grown man rebounds, but this is a game where Walker Kessler had five rebounds. And, and just a rare, like, just wasn't that much of a factor on the defensive glass. Now, there's different reasons for that, but... You didn't get the same. Wendell Green had a bunch of early rebounds, didn't have any in the second half. And you didn't really get anything from your wings and your forwards and some of those role players that usually do a really good job on the boards. You give up. I mean, you get beat by 23 in rebounds. You shouldn't be losing by five. You should be losing by more like 25. And so that's a new weird way that Auburn lost a game today. Uh, that, that, that we haven't – there were aspects of this game that have carried over, obviously – but yeah, this one was just weird. I mean, that 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 is something that you just look back and you're like, that that's not normal. That's not normal for Auburn. That's not normal for Tennessee. But it's a big reason why we're talking about Auburn losing this game instead of winning it. Are your beloved Zags in trouble? All right, as we're recording this, we were saying I was saying we could we could hold on a little bit until the um, we talk about the context college basketball. But it's been it's been what you might call a blood week in college basketball this season or this week, I should say. Um, or this Saturday in, in particular. Now, it's not everybody, you know, St. Mary's is is their biggest competition in the in the West Coast Conference this year, and it's it's it may, maybe it's even hard to win on the road in the West Coast Conference. Anyway, uh, there's a lot of blood in college basketball right now. We'll talk about that and how Auburn picked a pretty good week to or a pretty good day not to be at their best, um, considering what else happened across college basketball and and Gonzaga as we're recording this is is on the ropes more than they have been in months uh at this point so yeah this is uh, the shooting though um 35 from the field this auburn basketball team uh has struggled away from home shooting 
Um, their last five road games, they're shooting 36% from the field. Their last five home games in the SEC play, they're at 49%. There's a big difference. There's a big gap. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to say that like that's going to carry over into the tournament because playing at Tennessee – and Tennessee's got an awesome defense. Like We said that going in. Tennessee's one of the best defensive teams in the country, um, and they deserve a lot of credit for making Auburn's life miserable today. Um, but this was just – I mean, this was just kind of a culmination of like they didn't shoot well for stretches against Arkansas. They didn't shoot well against Florida. They didn't shoot well, obviously, against Missouri, the second half against Georgia. And – this is from, and I think quite a few people saw this. Um, this is from Shot Quality um, that analyzes, um, yeah, just where, you know, as it as it says, uh, uh, where shots are taken on the floor. It's a it's a resource that uh, coaches use in, in D one basketball. Um, I think Auburn's one of the teams that uses uses their work. Um, they tweeted this out on on Saturday night. Um, Auburn. Auburn's shot quality from this game, um, if you take an – like from where they shot on the floor and the coverage and all that, from where they shot and you give that an average – here's what an average offense would do. It has Auburn winning this game um, 83% of the time compared to ten- – like Tennessee's shot quality was was a lot worse than Auburn's was. Um, Auburn should have had a lot more and Tennessee should have not – probably been quite as effective on some of those those makes inside so it's just kind of one of those things where you look at it and it's like yeah this is this is bad shooting away but like it's also one of those it's also one of those scenarios where you look at it and say okay well how replicable is that you know I, I don't know how you felt painter like there were stretches especially in that first half there's like it looked like Auburn was getting into good spots. The ball just was refusing to go down. There were a few that rimmed out on KD and, and, and Jabari and, and some others where it's just like, I, I feel like you shoot that again in the same exact situation and might go in. It's just the ball bounces and the rim's kind of funny. And, and, and Tennessee definitely felt that as well. In the words of Shania Twain, life's about to get good. So you're banking on Auburn to start turning around? I, th- I think they're going to win the next two. I think Mississippi State's yeah. one that you and I have talked about for a while. I do think they're going to yeah. win that one on the road. Not concerned about South Carolina at home. South Carolina got whooped today by Bama, didn't they? Yeah, that was a that was a blowout if I remember correctly. It's just yeah, this is a um, this is a tough game. I mean, this is only the third time this season Auburn has been a road or has been a dog at all, and they lost and didn't cover. The top four – this is – I think Kyle Tucker had this tweet uh, from the athlete. Uh, the top four teams in the SEC this year, only one has only lost one home game. Like, Tennessee's undefeated at home, and Tennessee's now gotten three top five wins at home. Uh, they've beaten Kentucky, they've beaten Arizona, and they've and, they, and they've beaten Auburn now. Kentucky's undefeated at Rupp. Auburn's undefeated at, uh, at Auburn Arena. Tennessee, obviously, is that. And then I think Arkansas lost a weird one to Hofstra earlier in the year. Like a weird, and their Arkansas beat Kentucky on Saturday, which helped Auburn out a ton. It's just really hard to win. Uh, Blake Lovell, our buddy who has has been on this podcast before, pointing out that home teams in the SEC have a greater, a higher winning percentage than any other conference in college basketball this season. It's really, really tough. So, like, this is not a bad loss by any means, and especially during the in the time that it happened. But like. 
I don't know. I guess what the I don't know what the vibe is. There's some people who are overreacting. There's some fans who are overreacting, and like you can't be surprised by that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. And there were some bad aspects of this game that Auburn has to turn around. Uh, obviously, shooting away from home is going to be a big one. Um, but I frustrating maybe, disappointing maybe, but like you know. As far as losses go in college basketball, you could do a whole lot worse, and so it's it, it, it's it doesn't look like it's going to hurt Auburn that much. I mean, I don't know kind of what your thought was, Painter. I mean, you you said Auburn was going to beat Tennessee at because it is Tennessee. I mean, you called your shot, and you missed, and it's one of the rare times you've been wrong with a prediction on here. So a very rare thing that has happened. Yep. I you know four losses on the year, spectacular. The way that we've managed to find ourselves in some losses, especially because I don't think these teams are better, although it's close, has been yeah. frustrating. The three juniors, frustrating. I expected more. We talked a lot at the beginning of the year about the depth on the bench, and it still exists, but it's not as great, I think, of a divide with other teams as I thought it once was. And I know you pointed out outside of just the scoring column, Allen had himself a nice enough day. He's solid, solid. You want him to do more, I think, but also it's like when he has done more, it hasn't been quite as good recently. So you take the good with the bad, I guess. And then what do we make of Wendell's performance? Because if you're just checking box scores, it's bad. It's rough. Yeah, it is. It is real rough. Um yeah, Wendell Green, 2 of 15 from the field, 1 of 7 from deep. Um, only had two turnovers. He had three assists. But, like, it was just in a game where and, – and, and, and on top of that, Zeb Jasper, you know, a few days after being very aggressive on offense, only took two shots. Both of them were early. Didn't really do much on offense in this game. Tennessee gets credit for that. But you didn't see the aggressiveness from Zeb. And you, didn't, you just – you haven't seen Wendell be consistent. Now – both of those guys played really well against Ole Miss. Auburn's bench played really well against Ole Miss. Auburn did really, really well. Like this, it's consistency though. It's consistency from the bench and it's consistency from the point guard spot. And both of those things are going to be huge in March. And we've seen that win games for Auburn, and we've seen it now lose games for Auburn. And that's something that's got to turn around, especially when you look in this matchup like with Tennessee. They have Santiago Vescovi, who I would consider kind of like a third point guard uh, at times for them just because of the way he handles the ball and, and, and gets to the rack. But Kennedy Chandler, who had the big shot late, um, really good runner, got a, got a fortunate bounce that, you know, Auburn didn't get very many of in, in this game. Um, but he made a good play to get to, to get loose. And then uh, Zakai Ziegler, these are two freshman point guards for those guys. Um, and they had 26. Auburn's point guards had five in this one. Now, Chandler and Ziegler – Nobody was getting a ton of assists in this game. You were having to work. Like, guys were not getting open off the ball on either team. There were very few assists. This this uh, this Tennessee team, one of the best teams in the country in assists, Auburn had more than them in this one. And, and, and you thought, you, I mean, anybody watching this game probably looked at Auburn's ball movement and was like, that's not fantastic. But 12 assists on 23 field goals made, you know, that's fine. But. Yeah, it's just those guys made more individual plays, and they were harder to guard, right? Wendell, because of his inefficiency, Zep Jasper for his lack of uh, aggressiveness and and from what we saw from earlier in the week, they were easier to guard than Kennedy Chandler was, than Zakai Ziegler was. Ziegler had a big three to tie the game up. He went to the free throw line a lot. 
Um, Auburn just did not get good play from their guard, their point guards at all in this game, offensively or defensively. And that's going to matter a ton uh, moving forward. Now, we have seen Wendell Green Jr. take over games and play well. We know Zepp Jasper at his best can be, you know, the best on-ball defender in the SEC. And he's got some he's got some solid background as a guy who could be a weapon on offense. Um, but in a game like this where the front courts were, you know, dueling it out, guard play was going to matter a ton. And Tennessee has really good guards, and they played a whole lot better than Auburn did now. That's point guard. Katie Johnson played well, right? Um, KD, over 50% from the field. Uh, he was one of three uh, from deep. Um, thought he played well on defense for the most part. You look at his um, line, you look at some of his advanced numbers, Auburn was at its best on offense when when uh, KD was on the floor. Not as much Jabari. I mean, Jabari was very, very close. Um Jabari individually is the guy. KD was kind of the guy. But you, you need that from your point guard. Your, your leading assist man shouldn't be your center. You know? It, it just shouldn't be the case in this game. Um, so, yeah, Wendell, it's a tough one. I mean, it, we have seen him have some tough games in these losses. And we've also seen him play ex- exceptionally well. Um, there's a lot of criticism being lobbed his way. He came off He came off a really good game against Ole Miss where it looked like he was back. Um Here's what Bruce Pearl said. He said uh, on him, he said, "quote I trust him because he's really de- delivered." But man, obviously it's okay. You're gonna go as your best players go. Wendell is one of our best players. He didn't shoot a g- very good percentage tonight. Probably could have done a better job of coming off of it and getting guys better shots and passes and being a better playmaker. A lot of things he could have probably done better for us to have a chance to win. And I trust him. I trust him. They're gonna ride with the guys that they've got and. I think the thing, the issue for Auburn in this game is is that at a spotlight point guard, if one of them's off, you need the other one to lift you up, and you just didn't get it from either in this game, and that's something that they've got to avoid. They ha- they absolutely have to avoid it. In March, they need Wendell Green Jr. to play a much cleaner and more consistent brand of basketball. Um, they need Zepp Jasper to step up uh, in a variety of ways, and they're capable of doing that. It's just the pressure only gets uh, ratcheted up from here. I don't know that much about what this team's trying to do in the half-court offense. I will say. It's not good, though. However, sometimes it does feel like maybe we could try something, get a little flavor in there. And, and, and you know, if you're going to take a 37-footer or whatever, like, that's fine. You know, do it. But what if you don't always do it with, like, 12 seconds left in the shot clock? Like, yeah. get another pass in there, you know? See what you've got. You can get a contested 34-footer at any time. Right. Shot quality wasn't very good. Bruce said Bruce said after the games, like, our half-court offense has just not been good. And it's true. It's execution-wise, it's been rough. I think Tennessee has a lot to do with that in this particular game. Um, but uh, also, you say they just missed shots, man. Like, they, we just talked about the shot quality. They just missed some gimmies and some good ones. And – you didn't have the same game from Kessler that you usually do. And Jabari Smith, you know, he's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of shots. And guess what? They're not going to call a foul on him every single time, although it looks like they probably could. Um, yeah, Legion of Boom. He's got the – yeah, he's got the rip through. Yeah, exactly. You just, you know, he's, you just foul him a lot, and eventually they'll be like, oh, okay, well, sorry, dude. Yeah. Um, 
it's it, it's it's one of those things where I think if you're Auburn, you know you've got to have everybody step up. Like not everybody has to be a superstar. Not everybody has to be Jabari, you know. And and, and if a guy like KD plays like this, or maybe it's Wendell on Wendell, like you could get w- just one or two of those guards playing really really well, and Kessler back at his normal place, that usually wins you games. They lost by five in this one, and it was the worst effective field goal percentage they've had all season. Um, it was the worst offensive efficiency they've had all season. They had problems with turnovers uh, in the second half. It, a big reason why they got out of that lead is that they were the ones committing turnovers. I thought Auburn defensively was really good in this game. You can't walk away from one and say, we held the team to 33%. Maybe we fouled a little too much, but, you know, we're away from home. Um, you know, you're not going to get the foul calls you, you want. Um, the only thing on defense is just, like, you didn't rebound well. And part of the reason why you didn't rebound well is that there were some times where Kessler was was had to step up, and the backside rebounding wasn't there. I, that was the issue. Um, but I mean, thirty three percent. And yes, there were some there were some late opportunities where they hit some big shots on you. But like on the whole, the defense was more than enough to win. It was the offense. It was the offense. It was, you know. Auburn can grind their way out to some wins. They had a chance at Florida. They had a chance at Arkansas. They, you know, they had a chance. I mean, they went all the way down to the wire in this one um, until that Chandler bucket late because Jabari Smith is just utterly absurd. Um, they, they've got to figure it out. But this is the same team that dropped 100 on Alabama. This is the same team that shot very well against Vanderbilt. Uh, they shot very well against Ole Miss. They got to do it away from home, though. And we've joked about the balls. Um, and this was a Nike ball game again. And I think it's a funny coincidence more than anything. But um, yeah, part of the reason for that is that there are a lot of good teams that use Nike. And uh, they're going to use Nike balls at home because Nike runs everything. And they're going to they're gonna want to do that. Um, they're going to want to make their teams play with Nike balls. Um it's Wilson's the rest of the way. Does that make a difference? I don't know. We'll see against Mississippi State. They got to do it in another environment. And State's not a great defense this season. Um, in SEC play, they're bottom half in the league. They're more akin to an Ole Miss. They're more akin to a Vanderbilt on that end of the floor. They got to do that in Starkville. And if they can, there's plenty of time for this to, to right the ship. Winning on the road's hard. We're seeing we saw that across college basketball today. We'll get it. We'll get into a little bit more of that in a second. But I mean, you were talking about a vibe check <laughs> or in the premium podcast for for Knoxville. Didn't get to see a ton of the campus. It was just kind of in and out kind of thing with, with with me from from the arena. But I'll tell you this: first time in Thompson Bowling Arena, that place is awesome. It's loud. It's gigantic. Um, everybody's turned up to a hundred the whole way. Uh, it, it was a really fun, fun environment. It was a big game, and it was a, it was a big game field, but it was, you know, the vast majority of the people in that building were Tennessee fans, and it was loud when Tennessee did anything, and it got even louder as the game went on. That's not the environment you're going to get in the SEC tournament in Tampa. It's not the environment you're going to get wherever you end up in the NCAA tournament. Auburn, in their neutral site games this season, um, pretty good. Uh, hammered Nebraska and Atlanta. Uh, you know, lost a marathon to UConn, who's a who's a really good team, um, and beat uh Loyola Chicago and Syracuse. So is it more of a neutral site thing? Is it is it like okay? Is it because they're playing away from home? 
or is it more of okay they're playing um, true these true road games against these tough teams in these you know environments that just everything kind of is up against you? We will find out. I, I do have a feeling, and I think you say I mean you, you sound pretty confident, Bear. Um, I do have a feeling that I think you're going to see Auburn get things back under control because they're not all going to be Tennessee and they're not all going to be Florida and they're not all going to be Arkansas on defense. Um, those are some really good teams. And I would say, especially Arkansas and, and, and Tennessee, they're at the level right now that they're playing, um, you know, like teams that could make it to the second weekend and beyond in college basketball this year. Rick Barnes scoring some cheap pop with me by scolding yeah. his own fan base for the very dumb overrated chant. Right. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's so bad. And uh, Rick Barnes was like, hey, give us credit, man. Auburn's good. Um, it was good for him. And Tennessee's really good as well. I mean, I, uh, Bruce said it coming in. He thought, like, this is like a team that has potential to go to the Final Four. I, I, iffy on their offense. I want to see what their offense can do and how they can play away from, you know, home. Because uh, sometimes that defense doesn't always travel the same, same amount. But they're really, really good. And Auburn – shouldn't be any in any sort of bad kind of weight. You can be frustrated. You can be like, man, this is a missed opportunity because Kentucky loses to Arkansas on Saturday, and it's like, okay, the magic number is one for a title, two for an outright title, but just one just to we're going to get a banner. We're going to we're gonna put it up. This is what Auburn needed to do. That's That was their mindset, and they didn't get it. So now you head into the final week of the season where you have to play at State and home against South Carolina. Just win one of them, you're a champion. You win both of them. Nobody else is a champion, right? Arkansas away from home has been tough for everybody, unless you're Hofstra for some reason. But Kentucky loses uh, away from home in a game that could have, you know, really kept uh, kept them in the hunt and and, and put them into a final week uh, matchup. And now he's got injuries and all that, but they lose by two at Arkansas. Tennessee loses, uh, beats Auburn by five. Purdue. Painter, you're now a Purdue fan, or uh, you've got a soft spot for Zach Eady, I think. Yeah, he just me? suffers from the same affliction that Walker does, which is that they're both big. And so they do things that are impressive, and the ref's like, well, that can't have that. That can't be right. That can't be right. Uh, Michigan State won by three at home over Purdue. Let's see. TCU beat Texas Tech at home. Uh, Colorado smacked Arizona by 16. Um, which puts Auburn in a position where they could potentially move up in the in the uh, in the poll just because of what happened to Purdue and I mean number two and number three four five five uh, we haven't mentioned five yet Kansas loses at, by t- by ten at Baylor number three four five six and nine all lost on Saturday in college basketball the only other team that played was number seven Duke they hammered Syracuse. Because Syracuse is pretty much given up. Um, let's see. Gonzaga. We're going to do a quick Gonzaga check here. Gonzaga's down by 12 early in the second half. Oh, boy. Um, Gonzaga could go down. I mean, this could be – this was supposed to be kind of the bloodshed week, the bloodshed Saturday in college basketball, and it proved to be true. Uh, and it could be a really, really big one, depending on what happens with Gonzaga. And then if that happens, I don't know what an AP poll voter is supposed to do uh, this week. Ultimately, when you lose to Kentucky, when, when Kentucky loses at Arkansas and you lose this game like this, 
it's not that it doesn't matter because you could have done you could have gotten it sewn up already and it's not that it's not frustrating and it's not that there are lingering issues um for this team that people can look at and be like okay they've got to fix x y and z if they're going to do anything down the stretch and i think that fuels some of the i would say more of the overreactions or you know just the like oh yeah this team's you know peaked too early or anything like that i i don't buy that and i also don't buy that this team's not going to get out of the first week they might not but like i don't think you can determine that by losing by five at tennessee on a day when everybody loses it can be all of those things. It can it can be that, but it, ultimately, it's like it didn't cost you much. Auburn's still going to be in a pretty good position to get a one seed after what's happened today. Auburn still in the driver's seat in the SEC, tar- SEC championship race. Win one, you're hanging a banner. Win two, no one else is hanging a banner. You're in a really good spot to get the number one overall seed uh, in Tampa for the SEC tournament. I mean, all your goals are still in front of you, and that was kind of the message that Bruce Pearl said after the game to his team. According to Jabari Smith, he also said at one point when he was talking about the guards, he's like, hey, don't hit the panic button. We know we can still play a lot better. That all is true. It doesn't change the results. It doesn't change what happened and how you got there and how fans can react to them. Sovereign team is going to be fine. This loss like this is not going to kill them. It's just kind of like the Florida game. It's just a bump in the road again. And it's a missed opportunity because you could have just gone ahead and sewn it up. Instead, you got a little drama here heading to the final week of the season. I particularly thought it was funny that Arkansas didn't storm the floor after beating Kentucky. Although we did see the Kentucky chief goober in charge talk about Super Bowls. They've got a pretty bad Super Bowl record. Um, if everybody's a Super Bowl, or especially some of these big games away from Rupp, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, everybody just needs to, like, learn how to be a little bit more normal, chill out a little bit. And, yeah, like I said, like, there's a lot about this game for Auburn that they got to fix and, and they they got to get better at. But timing-wise, this is not a bad day to take an L because, you know, they're not alone. They're far from alone, even in their own conference. Yeah. Can I posit? Can I posit something to you here, real yeah, quickly, please, please. I, I mentioned this in the observations, and I want to. I want to know. I don't think the reactions are as severe. And again, it matters, sure. But imagine Arkansas, Florida, or Tennessee all happened in the month of February. What is the reaction from the fan base? What is the reaction from folks if we swap, say? you know, the road loss for Auburn at Arkansas or at Florida or at Tennessee today with the road win against Ole Miss or the, or the the road win against South Carolina on the schedule. The schedule on the road was always backloaded. Auburn had their toughest, like, stretch early of, like, oh, you got to play LSU and Alabama and it's like that. And they hit the second half, but they got it spaced out. They played the easier teams at home. They played the tougher teams on the road. I think if if this loss today, or if the Florida loss happens during the nineteen game winning streak, I think people are freaking out a little less, right? Just just swap it at sure. some point. I, just, Having... I think the timing d- definitely matters in this one, um, where it's like you can look at it and say, "Oh, they're 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 three and three in their last six. It's like, yeah, those are also three of the tougher games they played all season. The clustering of losses and and even the close wins 
makes and it, it matters to a degree. It matters to a degree because of the because of where it is on the on the schedule. Yes, I will say that. But yeah, continue. Just to that, like even in some of the wins that have been close, I don't think that anyone on that team would say that they're playing great basketball right now. No. I just, I, At least in certain aspects. I want to give them credit defensively because they have been largely good defensively. Yeah. I just, Arkansas is really, really good right now. And I think that you're going to, you're going to be fine with that one. Ultimately. Um, I am with you though. Yeah. Like if you, if you spread out the losses where there weren't a couple of them, this close, probably right. a little bit different, you know, cause some of it is purely based fan fan emotion is based on vibes. And what, what have you done for me lately? And it, Yes, it matters because it's right at the end of the season. But I'm saying, like, if the schedule was just rearranged a little bit, if Auburn had one of those easier road games now and, st- and and the tougher road games earlier in the year and they were spaced out a little bit more, I don't think people are freaking out as much about this team. I think they're more of, look, you know, they probably don't go to number one. But I think you're looking at it, it's like, okay, well, they're just kind of having the normal stuff right now and you're still feeling good down the stretch. And, again, that's the point. Like, even with the three and three in the last six – they still have all their goals ahead of them. They still have everything in sight. One seed, number one overall in the, in, in the SEC uh, tournament, outright title. All of that can still happen right here. Um, they're 25-4. and four. Auburn basketball is 25-4, right? <laughs> um, the problem was is that they were 22-1 and one at one point, and that is irritating. But, you know, if you're a fan, I, I still point to this. Um, even after today, go to Ken Palm. Auburn is one of one, two, three, four, five, six. They're one of six teams in college basketball that are a top 20 team in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. They've got the balance. We've seen their depth come through when it matters most. Um, and we've seen it win games. We've seen you know, the, the highs, the, the really high highs uh, from this team. And it's just, can they get it all back going again? There's no guarantee, but um, there shouldn't be reason for this to, like, fall apart. They can play a lot better basketball. I refuse to believe that this team has peaked. I just, even when they were winning 19 games in a row, they weren't super, super impressive. And they weren't getting this, like, games like this from Jabari every night. They get If they get this Jabari and they get – other guys to kind of step up and play more consistently, they're going to be – And I mean, what were we talking about Wednesday night? We were talking about Wednesday night after the old Miss game. It's like, man, if Zepp and Wendell play like this, moving forward with the way Jabari's been playing and the way Walker's been playing, they're going, to, they're going to be really tough to beat for anybody. That still holds true even if it didn't immediately come to pass in this game and in one of Auburn's roughest games of the season. Yeah, Zepp, if he, if he has more performances offensively like the one we saw midweek, it takes a little bit of pressure off some other people. I think we can like tell that there are times where the guards for Auburn can absolutely take over. I don't know if you can bank on it right now, but I wouldn't expect right. Wendell to keep shooting two of 15 either. I, I, it's more I, like, yeah. I know I it's a little bit cliche at this point, but it's like, it does feel a little simplistic. Nonetheless, the shot selection is driving me crazy because I think that there are plenty of talented players. They are still getting good looks at times. They're just not always going down. Right. Yeah, it's just... But there are, like, stretches of, like, four minutes a game, to your point about, like, when they hadn't peaked, even though they were winning all those games. There'll be four eight-minute stretches in games that they end up winning where it's like, you just kind of didn't have it for, like, a 
decent amount of possessions. Yeah, there was a lot of dribbling, not a lot of ball movement. And to Auburn's credit, they were doing some of that on defense as well to Tennessee. It's just, yeah, they've they've got a lot that they can kind of point to. But it's not like we're at this point in the year and we're like, yeah, well, Auburn, Auburn sucked on offense. That's just what they do. It's just they've had some good games on offense during this stretch. I mean, the month of February has had most of their worst shooting performances of the season. It also gave them the games where they dropped 100 on Alabama and they had 94 on Vanderbilt and they played a much more efficient game against Ole Miss and they did well in the second half against Texas A&M. Um, that is that same team is still the same team that did what they did today. I think the issue though is is the team they played today. The teams that they've played recently away from home have been a lot better, right? They they they've been better teams. I guess Alabama might be the exception to that rule. Yeah. Um, especially when you compare them head to head to Florida. Um, I it's. Yeah, it's these things are fixable and they're correctable, and we've seen Auburn be better at them. It's just a matter of putting it together. And I'm interested to see how that looks like because down the stretch, these last two games, when you look you look at the conference right now, the last two games that they play, uh, they're playing two teams that are you know in the middle of the table. You don't have to play one of the super dangerous ones again. But there's some teams that aren't going to be complete pushovers. We'll see. We'll see how all that uh, how all that goes for Auburn. But I just, yeah, I, I think it's a rambling, bad audio way of saying they're they're still in a really good spot. Um, this kind of stuff happens in college basketball. They're really good teams, um, and we've set, we saw it happen to a lot of good teams today. Um, so. Uh, it could have been a lot worse, I guess. You know, could have been one of those days where Auburn loses away from home, and everybody else is like, "Oh, we well, they got really these really big resume building road wins." Nope, everybody was just kind of suffering with them. Just win two more. It's like it's right there, and they're yep. not even particularly good teams. Like we can make the argument for Mississippi State and why that one could be tough, but they're not. State. They're not in Auburn's stratosphere. Yeah, State. In February, here are the teams that State has beat. Okay, well, let me go back. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They are five and eight um, since they were since they got off to a four a three one start in SEC play. The teams they have beaten are Ole Miss at home, South Carolina at home, Missouri at home, Vanderbilt at home, and Missouri on the road. So now they haven't gotten blown out except for that weird Texas Tech game. But, um, yeah, I just, it's not necessarily a hot team going in. And there was talk I saw or heard that some people are already talking about Ben Hallen might be on the way out at, at Mississippi State. I don't know if you saw or heard any of that. That was kind of the rumblings around. And then South Carolina, a team that Auburn, the best game they played in a true road game all year. And uh, South Carolina is uh, – uh, it had a three, had a, had a nice little win streak going, and then they got they got whooped up on by Alabama today. So, we'll only see. thing we'll I talk saw a, about Hallen, we'll talk a little bit more of that. Go ahead. Only thing I saw about Hallen was that there was a comparison to him and Andy Kennedy, and obviously we know how that turned out for Kennedy. Yeah, I just feel like State probably thinks they should be better, and they probably thought they, that this year they were supposed they were going to be a lot better, but it's just it just has not happened for them. 
I also wonder how the Kermit experiment experiment was going to go. They were getting trounced today by Texas A&M. I think I only ended up losing by 10, but um, it does feel like both those programs have higher expectations and went out and hired some decent coaches, but they're looking I mean, ar- they're looking around like, it. Yeah. Is there any team in the SEC that doesn't have high expectations at this point? I mean, George is the literally George is literally the only team in the last how I can't remember what the stat was. Jordan Hill said it the other day. It's like the only team in the SEC in the last X number of years that didn't hasn't made the NCAA tournament, right? South Carolina is not that far removed from a Final Four. You know, some of these teams have have been really really good recently, and George is like the the bottom tier, like absolute basement of the league right now, and you expect them to get rid of their coach and. And you know, aim high here with this next hire. I don't know what they'll get. I don't know who they'll get, but especially if your football team's coming off a national championship and you've got a lot of got a lot of pride in, in a lot of sports, I'm sure I'm sure George is going to want to try to bounce back super quick. I think too. There's some teams around the league looking around, going, "Well, there's not just Kentucky and Florida having success. Why can't that be us?" I think that's probably to some extent where State and Ole Miss are right now. And I think they thought they went out and got pretty good coaches who've had some yeah. decent results, given what I think the standards usually are at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. But maybe things are getting stale. It does sort of feel like those programs are looking to climb. How mad do you, th- how mad do you think Devin Cambridge was that he didn't get to be on the floor at the same time as Justin Powell? Well, I guess it speaks volumes about – you know, the value that Powell was bringing to Tennessee based on the minutes that they gave him. Um, although I don't yeah. I don't know if as badly as Devin may have wanted to manifest that, I'm not sure that his play would have allowed for it. Yeah. I mean, Justin Powell was only on the floor for two minutes. He did not record a stat. Um, yeah. I, the posters, I thought, were pretty funny. It's like the first thing I saw when I walked into the, to the, to the arena on Saturday. Um. All right, we will talk uh, final week of the season. I know we've discussed it a little bit, but we'll talk we'll talk about it a little bit more here before we go. Um, but first, we got to take care of a little business. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, oh man, St. Mary's is up by fourteen. Um, appreciate everybody listening, uh, tuning in to the podcast, um, even on these days where I don't think a ton of people are super eager to listen to, uh, to Auburn, uh, Auburn loss coverage. Uh, but, um, if you like what we're doing and you want more of it, uh, you can subscribe to the Auburn Observer. $6 a month or $60 a year. Uh, you get newsletters, um, most every day of the week or a podcast, uh, premium podcast. You get twice as much podcast if you like this with a subscription. Um, so encourage you to go to the website, auburnreserve.com. There's a link uh, in the description where you can follow. Uh, if you get this through an email, it's a really easy button you can hit. But uh, appreciate everyone who has jumped on board here recently. And uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up here with, uh, with the postseason and basketball. So looking forward to that. If you are a subscriber to The Observer, probably won't have a film room on Monday just because of the travel. But expect newsletters leading into that big Mississippi State game for sure with uh, with Auburn hoops. Um, not going to leave you guys hanging there. Now, we just told you of a way for $6 a month or $60 a year that you can support us. 
but let's talk about a way that you can support us that costs absolutely no money. Painter, take it away. Rate, review, subscribe, please, and thank you. Um, how, how do you do that, though? You just go to Apple. It takes a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Let's say 20. And you just search the Auburn Observer. Yep. Scroll down. There's a little five-star button you can mash, you know. Yep. Don't be a nope. hater. Don't be a hater. We don't like haters. And then type. Some of you type very nice things. Some of you just do the assignment and are like, I'm leaving a review. We had a friend of a program say that they discovered this week, told me in a DM, they discovered this week, Painter, that, or they remembered, I should say, that they have an iPad at work, which makes it a whole lot easier for them to log a review. So they're going to do that, even though they are part of the Android cult. So sometimes you got to be a little bit a uh, bit, bit ingenious like that. Very edgy, creative. very punk, very, very aughts of you. I like that. All right. Let's read some reviews, um, because if you do write a review, uh, that helps us out a ton. The five stars and the written review both are huge. Writing something, anything, is very, very helpful for us. We will read them on the podcast as a way to both shout you out and also massage our egos. So, are you ready? We got two. We got two uh, this week, Painter. Two, two, two. This is from AUB 1957 says, Painter turns a shadowy figure. I was introduced to Painter on the lunch break in 2019 when some unnamed shadowy figure was ready to jump off the cliff and ready to jump off the Bruce Pearl train. But then came that sweet, sweet, soothing voice of Painter and showed reason and thoughtful consideration. But we did see that shadowy figure turned out loving Bruce Pearl and praised his leadership upon going to the Final Four. Painter and his sweet voice is the voice of reason and calm in basketball. In football, though, he wears his emotion on his sleeve through every snap. While Painter is the voice of the reason and the voice of the people, Ferg brings the logic. Thank you for what y'all do. It's from AUB 1957. It's not usually how those go, but I'll take it. I like that. That's that's really that's really good. And hey, throwing throwing back to throwing back to our old days. Shadow, man, I I don't know what Shadow's doing. Surely he heard. talks to our guy Bill and Dan. I think he hadn't called recently. The last I had heard. Hope he's doing all uh, right. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well. A constant source of entertainment back in our radio days. Uh, nobody, nobody could bring the heat better than the shadow. Um, so thank you for that review. Uh, this is also from, ooh, this is a bunch of letters. So uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, <laughs> just an unbelievable podcast. Thank you both for what you do. The Auburn Observer time and time again proves it's worth every penny between Ferg Sage analysis and Painter's seductive voice from Parts Unknown or Eagle. That's very that's very kind as well from the ghost of Nick Chubb. Um, Painter, your voice has gotten a lot of reviews lately. I'm just you, uh, I'm thinking you I'm... were you were accused on the you were accused on the premium podcast this week of potentially breaking up a marriage. Oh uh, yes, with your voice, yes. So got that going for you. That's how it goes. So, sorry, folks. Uh, all right. Um, I just saw a it. picture, by the way, for, you remember the yep. music video? I guess it was in the mid two thousands where the band is moving on the, what do you run on? What are those things called? Treadmill. Yes. Yes. What, what music video, what band am I referring to? Are we thinking of, uh, uh, what's that? Okay. Go song. Um, is that the one that I'm thinking of? I'm going to look it up right now. Um, yeah. Uh, Okay, go on the treadmill. Here it goes again. 
Yes, sir. I got it. I knew Nailed you'd it. know. I was like, I was like, okay, go. I know it's okay, go, but I couldn't remember the remember the song title. Um, yes, I, I got into a I got into a rabbit hole of uh, of two thousands music videos recently, uh, mostly Fallout Boy, because uh, those are the most two thousand things you can ever watch. Uh, by the way, speaking of the two thousands, uh, new music this weekend from uh, <laughs> from Dashboard Confessional <laughs> and Avril Lavigne, Both and her style still like I feel like it stayed true based on the. I'm making this judgment off of the one photo I saw of Avril Lavigne yeah. this oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still slaps. Still slaps. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Got to take care of a little bit more business, and that is to shout out our friends over at Homefield Apparel uh, who support us here on this podcast, and we want them to get you geared up for the tournament. If you want to look the absolute – say you're going to Tampa, say you're going to wherever Auburn goes in the NCAA tournament, say you're coming for the uh, for the final home game, say you're going to Starkville. You know, if you're, if you're getting ready for, for the stretch run here for Auburn basketball, this postseason push, you want to look at your very best. And Painter – I mean, I know as, as as well as you do, the absolute way to look your best as an Auburn fan is to be wrapping yourself in home field apparel. Am I right? You want people to think that you are a peacock. You yes, you want them to you want them to think you are a literal peacock. The best way to do that is at home field apparel. They have got a ton of Auburn uh, apparel. We're talking the best logos, the best designs on the most comfortable t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies that you're gonna find any, anywhere. Uh, some Auburn basketball picks right now. Um, some good ones that, you, that 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 you've got is you got the original Aubie, uh, where uh, he 1965, uh, looking looking old school, uh, like going for like a like a finger roll or a, maybe like a floater probably is the best way to put it. You got the Ever to Conquer, the Beard Eves vibes of the Ever to Conquer uh, shirt. It's on a nice orange one. And then we got the Peacock one. Shout out to our friends at College of Mag and the Orange and True Pod uh, for the Peacock movement. You can get the official Auburn Hoops Peacock T-shirt from Homefield Apparel as well. There's also some other non-basketball designs, including the side-eye obby that we all know and love. Uh, you can get that at homefieldapparel.com. 15% off your first order if you've never ordered at Homefield Apparel. 15% off your first order if you use the promo code Observer in uh, in the uh, in the code spot. That was a bad sentence. Uh, when you're checking out. So 50% off, promo code OBSERVER. That's at homefieldapparel.com. Where do you put it? The, 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 the code, the code spot. Spot. <laughs> Frankie Shout Muniz out to the code and spot. Agent Banks or whatever. Yes. <laughs> Spy Kids. I'm, I'm going with the code spot. I will um, forever be calling it the code spot the instead code of a spot. password. <laughs> I, just, I hope Connor and Whitney like don't listen to this. <laughs> just like We're just, just completely botching their... Their ad reads, but username and code spot, sir. Code spot, folks. Code spot. Um, all right. Appreciate the folks at home field, and uh, you want to gear up for March Madness. The best way to do that is at home field. Painter, uh, we talked about it a little bit. We've got a few more minutes left to go in this podcast. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Auburn, final week of the season. So, got all their goals in front of them. Win one. You're claiming a title. Win two. No one else can claim a title. Uh, Mississippi State and South Carolina are the finish line here for uh, – represent the finish line here for Auburn. Um, interesting matchup between 
Auburn and, and Mississippi State. It's going to be a late one at the hump uh, on Wednesday night. Looking forward to going to that one. Never been there for this one, I will say. How many like Wednesday said, 6 o'clock games have we had? I'm sure we've had some. Two. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they're always at eight. Yeah, there. I think there were two this year. I don't know why ESPN decided to do that to uh, to us. But yeah, also that's... just kind of interesting because it's like this team probably commands some eyeballs just based on right. being good. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I guess Mississippi State maybe not so much. Mississippi State, um, if you look at the, the matchup in this one, uh, what I'm curious about is when Auburn has the ball and when Mississippi State uh, is on defense – what this looks like in terms of um, how Auburn gets quality shots. Here's the deal. Uh, State, pretty good three-point defense, not a very good two-point defense. Uh, they are 239th in the country in two-point field goal defense. Um, they are 11th in um, they're 11th in SEC play in that category. They give up a lot on the inside, uh, which is interesting considering they are a pretty tall team. Um, with Tolu Smith, uh, Auburn High's very own Garrison Brooks, who's uh, finishing up his career there um, after his time at North Carolina. Um, they've got pretty good size across the board, but not as great of a defensive team down low. We talk about Auburn getting the basket more. They need to shoot the ball better, but if they can get that inside-out game going away from home, that's got to be one of the top priorities for this one. And State does a good job of extending out their defense. They go for a lot of steals, though. Uh, this is a team that rebounds particularly well on on uh, on defense, uh, but you know, kind of middle of the pack in the SEC as well as getting steals. Um, they want to force turnovers uh, because if you work the ball and you get it down low, teams are doing a pretty good job of uh, of getting getting to the uh, getting to the basket or getting to the line on them uh, and and converting. So that's an interesting aspect of this game uh, for Mississippi State uh, when they have the ball. Um, even worse at shooting the ball from deep this season than Auburn. Um, they're shooting a cold 25% on, um, on three-pointers in SEC play. Um, they're solid down low because uh, they have some offensive big men. Uh, don't turn the ball over a ton. Can get crash the boards. They're pretty solid across across the board on offense except for those three point, uh, that three-point shooting. This has got to be a game where Auburn locks back down on the inside uh, and really counters it because Brooks – Tolu Smith, some of those guys are really good at uh, getting it done. Also, as Mississippi State goes uh, on offense, it all kind of really depends on what Iverson Molinar does. Their top guard, uh, Auburn has been very familiar with Molinar these last couple seasons. He's the dude who makes it all go. He is. Uh, he has not had a game this season where he scored single-digit points, and he sc- hasn't had very many where he scored less than 15. Um, not a great three-point shooter. Um not a volume three-point shooter either, but a guy who gets to the basket and gets to the free-throw line. He is uh, He's a big-time playmaker for them, um, and uh, he's going to be a guy that I think Auburn's going to have to really pay a lot of close attention to. This has got to be a bounce-back game for Auburn's guards on the defensive end. But um, get a bigger game out of Walker Kessler. Can he get back to – I mean, he's playing Garrison Brooks, uh, his former teammate at North Carolina. Uh, he's playing some other big guys down low. Can he uh, get back to kind of his normal ways? And they got to do it away from home. Uh, I will say, though, this is the one team that even more so than some of the other teams Auburn's played on the road where it's like, okay, if, you know, you kind of get worried, like what happens if they shoot threes and Auburn doesn't? They just have not been a very good three-point shooter. They're they're dead last in the SEC, and they're one of the worst in college basketball this year at shooting from deep. Um, So 
there's there's an opportunity here. Uh, it'll be an interesting interesting game. Uh, State has, like I said, State has won at home mostly, but they have not beaten a quality team at home in a while, uh, and they have struggled against anybody who is who has uh, got their sights set on the NCAA tournament this year. So we'll see how that goes. This is a game for Auburn where they can get the offense away from home, kind of, you know, monkey off their back. On top of that, um, they have an opportunity to go ahead and clinch a title. And then Saturday against South Carolina, you're talking about a uh, talking about a party atmosphere where Auburn could will be, you know, probably cutting down a net, celebrating a championship, win or lose. Um, I'd be interested to see what they did if they did lose. Um, if they won against Mississippi State, but then lost against South Carolina. Yeah, I wonder how they would do. I wonder how they would handle that because because you, you would you would have won the SEC by then. But I don't know. Maybe you celebrate more because it's an outright title. Maybe you do something before. I don't know, man. I I don't know. It's an interesting that just literally just popped into my head. Um, but you can kind of create a party atmosphere if you go ahead and get it done away from home. So we shall see. Um, this Auburn team needs to play a lot cleaner on offense, and I and I think defensively, even in these losses, these last few these last three losses Auburn's had away from home, I think defensively they've been pretty good. Um, rebounding is a, is a is a different animal. Got to be better on 50-50 balls. You got to do better, kind of hustling and being more physical in this point. Uh, I don't expect that to be a problem for Auburn in back-to-back games. I also think that was, like I said earlier, such an outlier statistically that I don't think it's going to happen again um, so quickly, one after another. This game, I think, more is more for Auburn. It's just like, all right, can you get back to feeling good about your offense in March? Uh, and a lot of that's going to come down to guard play uh, because on offense, Auburn's guards are going to have to – to carry a lot in this game, but also they are going to have to slow down Iverson Molinar as well on defense. Someone today Ferg, told me that uh, they only smoke one cigarette a week. Okay. Which to me seems harder than not doing it at all. Right. As someone who doesn't smoke, that seems even weird. Uh, it seems weird to me. I don't believe it. Okay. One a week. Come why, on. Why would why you, do you do just what, the one? That's what? Yeah. Yeah. That's my question. But also too, like, why would you say that? Like, is that impressive? <laughs> Look like, at my self-control. Like I, that was where my head went immediately. It was like, that is a ridiculous level of self-control to be like, and now I'm good. I, I have had my one. I've had my one. Hopefully Auburn had its one with that rebounding performance. Hey, I feel like I do that with, um, with like, uh, soft drinks that aren't diet. Like, I feel like one a week. If I can feel like I feel like if I can do one a week, I'll be fine. Um, I don't know. Painter, I went to a Bucky's on Saturday. I'm probably gonna yeah. go. Probably gonna go. <laughs> probably gonna go on the way back too. Um, I'm just I'm just looking forward so much to having one close to me. It's going to ruin my life, but in the best possible way. I don't know if I'm it's already, going to ruin your life. You're just going to give them a lot of money. It's going to give them a lot of money. I think, I think Justin Lee and I are trying to find a way if we can be the first people who are in there. I think that's our goal. Like, if we can be the first customers at that Bucky's location. Yeah, you're you're going to have the what I call the Andy treatment at Chipotle. I had a friend who would just walk into the Chipotle on Mag, and they would just start making his bowl for him. And, like, that's going to happen to you at Bucky's. They're just going to be like, oh, he wants this. 
there's a person on the Auburn beat that I think probably could have that same. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who it is. I think there's somebody on the Auburn beat that probably could could have that same Chipotle treatment. A hundred percent. Knowing what I know about this person, so never been. I've never had that problem anywhere. Have you ever had that thing? Have you ever had something like that happen before? I know you worked in you worked in restaurants for a while though. Yeah, that that makes it a little different, I think, just because you do get to know people working at other spots and like you meet up late night because there's like. Did you ever did you ever go to a place so often that it was just like, oh yeah, that, this guy's back? I can't think of anything off the top of my head, so I'm gonna go with no. I feel like the Buckies is gonna be that for me though. Pretty pretty confident in that, but like, you know, if you've never been to it, you've never been to. Uh, a Bucky's like you could like do all your shopping there. Like, you know, they could, they sell like clothes and groceries ish stuff. Like, I feel like I could survive off of what I get there. If all my, if all my money, if all the, if all the newsletter money and all the podcast money went straight there, maybe that's the case. Competitive maybe. wages at Bucky's, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. They take care of their people and not just me. Um. All right, so Painter, you're on the board of saying Auburn wins both this week. I do think that they will win at state. It was a game that I had a little bit more concern about. I still think it's going to be pretty close. Yeah, I think Auburn just to win that one by four. Team. I think. Yeah. So state's just not playing well right now. And that part, you know, they could have a one game outlier and just come out shooting great from three. You you did your spiel about how they're you know. They've got some clear deficiencies there, and uh, you know they may play a good team like Auburn. We've seen it a few times where they just yeah, you know, shoot well, and you got to got to recover if that's the case. Painter, uh, uh, Mississippi State scored more than seventy points just three times in the month of February. Those games were home against South Carolina, at Alabama, which uh, that's pretty much the baseline you're going to get at Alabama the way they played defense this year. And this last game against Vanderbilt. So if they're having a hard time scoring more than 70 against a lot of defenses, I wonder what Auburn's defense uh, can do, can do in Stark Vegas on, on Wednesday night. That's, it might be, it might be a little rock fight E, but you know, Auburn better, deeper, more balanced team when they play well. It's just a matter of, can they play well? And States early in the year, I thought state would be the sneaky one in the SEC. And, and that is, quickly quickly turned on me um not to say that they're terrible they're eight and eight you know but i was expecting a lot more we'll see this when it when it finishes better but you know we came into the year thinking oh man it's gonna be a bloodbath in the sec this year crazy and look at the we're heading into the final week auburn's 13 and three and then there are three teams tied at 12 and four so i think we're getting some of that but kind of surprising that you know Bama's nine and seven, LSU's eight and eight. Some of these other, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Ole Miss being four and twelve is really, really surprising. It's the same record as Missouri is, um, and they've had injuries and illnesses, right? But I don't know. Do you think you think SEC basketball's kind of lived up to the hype this year? I feel I like we just, thought they were going to. It's just be, done it in a different way. Yeah, it feels maybe a little bit top heavier than I would have suspected. Super top heavy. Whereas I thought we might have been looking at seven, eight teams that were, you know, really good teams and then like two teams that separate themselves. And it looks like there's three or four at the top and then everyone else. 
Yeah, if you look at it, so like Auburn's lost to they've lost to Tennessee and Arkansas on the road, but they beat Kentucky at home. And they lost to Florida. So a team outside the top four. Kentucky lost to LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama all away. Um, so three the three there, one team out of the top outside of the top four. Tennessee lost to LSU, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Alabama. So they've got a little bit of a difference um with theirs. And then Arkansas just had like this is crazy. Like Arkansas, we're gonna get to the end of the year. There's a chance they do have to play LSU and Tennessee th- this week though, so it'll be tough. But like they're twelve and four. They're th- they're four losses in SEC player, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Texas A and M and Alabama. You know they are kicking themselves over what that what that middle of the season yeah, looked like just for them. Not losing two of those probably puts them in the driver's seat for regular season champion. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, anyway, um, that's heading into the final week. I'm looking forward to this uh, Mississippi State game. I think it's a good kind of bounce-back opportunity, but it is a bounce-back opportunity when you have to do it away from home. So, see how the Tigers handle it. Let's take one more check-in to Gonzaga before we go. Gonzaga's down by eight with 222 remaining, so it looks like St. Mary's may be able to hold on to this one. And if that's the case... Blood week in college basketball. Uh, I I don't know where Auburn's going to end up in the bracket projections or the polls uh, on Monday, but uh, it'll be fun to it'll be fun to try to figure all that out. That'll do it. Uh, as I said, we'll have a newsletter Monday, probably Tuesday. Don't think we're going to get a film room. If if we do get a film room, e kind of thing, it will be later in the week, just because of the travel to Tennessee and back. Um, so appreciate you guys for being patient with that. We will talk to those of you in the inner circle on Thursday, question mark. Um, it's going to be a super late one on the road. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to figure that one out. And the rest of you, we'll talk to you next, next week after uh, Auburn's regular season is complete. Painter, your final thoughts. Florida State with a hilarious buzzer beater over Virginia. 